Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone. It is June 28th, 2016, and you are listening in to the Locked On Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and uh, this episode coming to you a little bit late. Uh, I apologize for that. I actually had this episode completely recorded and then deleted, promptly deleted it because that's how you live the blog life and the pod life and, and all that good jazz. Uh, but I'm back here, going to make sure you get this episode, make sure everyone gets uh, whatever I recorded last time. I think I remember most of what I said, but we'll, I'll talk about much of the same things that I did on that show. And uh, it's obviously free agency week, so we're going to continue looking in at the free agency focus, looking at the shooting guards specifically. Uh, in this free agency class, uh, uh, maybe a need for the Magic. Uh, certainly with Evan Fournier around, you can play him at the two or the three. Um, something that the Magic can look at. There's obviously been some rumors and some news that's developed uh, that, that seems to put the shooting guard position a little bit more focus as well. Uh, I also do a little bit of a mini mailbag for you all. Um, I, I asked for some questions on yesterday's episode, and so I am going to answer them as best I can. Um, you know, some some general theme emerged, and so I want to make sure that I address that as well. And uh, before I get going here with, with some news to, to cover, I want to make sure that I remind you all to check us out, uh, download the Locked On Magic podcast. You can I, I put it in on all the ma- articles on Orlando Magic Daily, but you can get it directly to your iPhone. I believe we're now on iTunes. If you subscribe to the original Orlando Magic Daily podcast feed, you should not have to do a thing. The Locked On Magic podcast will download directly onto your phone or mp3 listening device or whatever you do to listen to podcasts it should happen automatically uh if not if it, if that hasn't happened yet search for locked on magic podcast or locked on magic on itunes should be able to find it that way if that still doesn't work go to audioboom.com search locked on magic i know this works you'll find our podcast there you can click on the little itunes link or the rss link and get that delivered directly to wherever you listen to podcasts wherever they may be. Uh, but first, before we get, as we get started here on this Tuesday, now, it's now evening, I guess. Um, sorry, most times this will be in the morning, but tonight, tonight it's a tonight, it's a nightly episode. Uh, we do have some news to, to discuss. Um, it looks like, and it wasn't that, this was, a, this was a big secret, the Orlando Magic have hired Chad Forcier to be Frank Vogel's lead assistant coach. Mark Stein of ESPN.com reported Monday night that the hire of Forcier had, had, has gone through uh, and that he is going to be the lead assistant for the Orlando Magic this coming season uh, next to Frank Vogel. Uh, Forcier is a really, really interesting coach. I, I know the last time the Magic hired a coach from the Spurs tree, it did not work out so well with Jacques Vaughn, uh, but Forcier has, has been with the Spurs a lot longer than Vaughn has. He was, he was with the San Antonio since 2007, um, Listening, li- listening in on some conversations the Spurs fans are having, the Spurs media are having, uh, he is a guy they really, really like. They're kind of upset that he's gone, actually. Uh, and he was given, uh, one of the Spurs writers, I think it was Pounding the Rock, um, noted that 
he and Chip Anglin, uh, the Spurs' legendary shooting coach, both should get credit for Kawhi Leonard's development. Now, obviously, the Magic are, are going to be a little bit of a, of a development team still. They're still a relatively young group. And so they're going to, to need development coaches, and 4CA definitely fits that, fits that mold. And he'll definitely be able to help bring in a culture, just like Frank Vogel will, uh, that, that is very Spurs-like. And everyone wants to be the Spurs, and so there's nothing wrong with that. The, the other coaching um, news that, that came across, and I, I don't I remember if I addressed this Monday or not, um, but the Magic interviewed Corliss Williamson on Friday. On Friday, uh, I wrote a little bit about it on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Uh, Williamson, longtime NBA player. He was slated to become the interim head coach of the Sacramento Kings should they have fired George Carl. Uh, that obviously didn't happen, but he's a very well-thought-of coach uh, in the coaching community as well and someone that... Uh, Someone that, that can bring something to the team too, bring a little bit of toughness on the bench. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll teach them some some dirty tricks as well. Uh, if if you remember Corliss Williamson playing, he, he was he was a really you know gritty player, not a stats guy, just just got the dirty work done. And and so uh, if he brings that mentality to the bench, I I think that would be a good thing. It's, that hire is not official, whereas the Force hire appears to be official, appears to have already gone through. In fact, uh, if if you remember, I tweeted this out on Thursday. Uh, a photo from the Magic's war room provided by the Magic had a place for Chad, for Chad Forcier to, to sit. So um, I think he's already working on things for the Magic. Uh, in addition uh, to that, uh, some, some news to, to clean up. Uh, the, it appears that the Magic will not offer a qualifying offer to Andrew Nicholson, making him an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Zach Lowe of ESPN.com reporting that earlier today. Uh, Nicholson's obviously had an up-and-down career with Orlando. I don't think many of us expected him to return. He was in and out of the lineup, didn't really have a place uh, in the rotation, and so it's tough to see him go. He does have a really unique skill in his in his post game, but just never could find a fit in Orlando. I, I, it doesn't seem like they wanted to bring him back, and so now they're clearing the cap room, um, his cap hold, to, uh, to, to let him walk as well. Uh, and then... Uh, Late-breaking news here. I wouldn't have had this on the original episode, so you, you get the bonus now. Uh, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel reporting Dwayne De- the Magic will extend a qualifying offer to Dwayne Dedman, making him a restricted free agent. Uh, Dedman, as we know, really still a real pretty raw player, good rim protection, be, um, still pretty useful, I think, uh, as a backup to, to Serge Ibaka, unless they do plan to bring Nikola Vucevic off the bench. Uh, but an interesting player nonetheless. Uh, still needs to develop in a lot of areas, and, and especially with his discipline. But uh, a, a quality player, I think the Magic are, are going to see what he can get uh, in free agency before making a, a decision on whether to match an offer or not. Worth worth keeping him around uh, for just a little while longer, even if it's for the next month or so before letting him letting him walk. Uh, the the final uh, note that I have before I move into today's episode, before I move into our free agency focus today is uh, the summer league roster getting released. Uh, not not too many surprises. As we know, Mario Hazonia is in Italy playing for, for Croatia in the Olympic qualifying tournament. Uh, so, you know, we'll see we'll see Steven Zimmerman. We're going to see last year's second-round pick, Tyler Harvey. And we're also going to see Devin Marble playing. He's, he's got an a non-guaranteed contract, so he's obviously playing for a roster spot, too. He'll be, he'll be the first guy, to, to, first guy on the roster, really, to, to play for Frank Vogel and, and get to know his his system. So we will see how that shakes out. Um, I'll dig into a little bit of a little bit of the uh, of the summer league team. Who to watch? Who 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 do we want to keep an eye? Who do we want to keep an eye out on? Uh, 
in tomorrow's episode. Uh, now we're going to move on to our free agency focus section. Uh, did this yesterday with the small four, so be sure to listen to yesterday's episode of the Locked On Magic podcast as well uh, for, for that. Um, shooting guard, to me, is less of a need for the Magic. They just traded Victor Oladipo, uh, who is a starting shooting guard, but I think a lot of that was to clear the way for Evan Fournier to, to start as the two-guard, and, and obviously to clear some room for, for Mario Hazonia to get some more minutes too, and he can play two or three. So this is a position, like like many of the other positions, that has a lot of positional versatility. Um, what do you need from, what do the Magic really need from a shooting guard? Well, they have Evan Fournier, so I don't think it's as dire of a need. Whereas small forward, I think they need a small forward with some length and the ability to shoot and defend a little bit uh, because of Fournier and, and some of his physical limitations. Um, it, it, it's, it's definitely not a position of dire need, but I do think they need to add depth here. And I think that when you look at this free agency class of shooting guards, um, that's kind of where the focus is going to turn. Um, the big fish, obviously, is DeMar DeRozan. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere. It doesn't look like he wants to really go anywhere at this point. Um, from what I understand, from, from reports that I've read, he's not even going to take meetings uh, with anyone outside of the Toronto Raptors. Um, it, it, it's, it's definitely going to be a, 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 an interesting decision. Uh, the Magic are reported to want to go after, go after him and, and try and bring him in uh, on a max contract, obviously. But I, I'm not 100% sure he's going to go anywhere. I, I do like how he fits into this team. He's, I've been using this analogy a lot when I've been talking about what the Magic need. Uh, it's that old Reggie Jackson quote uh, from when he was with the Yankees. They need the straw that stirs the drink. They need a guy that's going to be able to create his own offense from the perimeter, get into the paint, draw fouls, kick out, you know, do things to make the offense turn. Uh, Evan Fournier to me is not that player. He's very good when he catches the ball and the defense is rotating back out to him, making a decision to, to drive or shoot. And, and some guys need that little bit. And maybe Alfred Payton can bring that. You know, Maybe Aaron Gordon's grown up enough to, to bring that. Maybe Evan Fournier's grown up enough to do that. Uh, but I, I think that... It, it's still something the Magic need to find, and, and this is a position where they can find it. There's just not many options like that. I mean, you could try and bring back Aaron Aflalo. I don't think that would be a good decision. Uh, Aflalo had a bad year last year in New York, uh, and I think the Magic know what they get from him. Uh, you could try and bring that in with, with a guy like Vince Carter, who's probably more of a sixth man, and these days he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be starting, that's for sure. Um, and so I think that the, the options become a little bit limited. I don't think that they're great options at the shooting guard position. But there are some interesting players, and obviously outside of Fournier, who's a guy that, that they're going to sign, who's they're probably going to match and resign. There's, there's indications the Magic will match any offer for him. Uh, so there are some interesting players that, that can fill a role and come off the bench. Now, originally, I started off talking about Courtney Lee, but I'm going to start this, this version of this podcast talking about Jamal Crawford. There's been some late-breaking news tonight, and I'll, I'll maybe talk about it a little bit more in tomorrow's episode, uh, that, that Sam Amick reporting that the Magic have an interest in Jamal Crawford, and then Alex Kennedy of Basketball Insiders reporting that the interest might be mutual. Jamal Crawford, Magic fans know him well. He, he ruined the Magic in, 20, in the 2011 playoffs. Uh, in that first round, he hit a lot of big shots. He still hits a lot of big shots, and, and he's the six-man-of-the-year six award winner. I am admittedly not a huge fan of his right now. I think he, he had a down year this year. I did not think he should have won six-man-of-the-year. I thought Enos Cantor should have won it. Uh, and uh, it, it's, 
it's interesting that he's someone that gets that get that's getting brought up. He obviously has kind of name appeal. Uh, he can make shots. He can create for himself. Uh, you know, there's certainly that that aspect to him. He can have a big game, but he's not a starter. He's 36 years old. You're going to sign him to a short-term deal. What the deal you sign him to is uh, is pretty important here. Um, but I'm not sold that he's your guy. You know, maybe you bring him in if you're bringing him in as a sixth man. Sure, but I think it's pretty clear his his skills are starting to decline a little bit. And so I'm not a huge fan of Jamal Crawford. I get why the Magic would want to sign him, uh, but I I don't think that this is necessarily the best situation for him and certainly uh, for what the Magic are trying to do. Other names that that I looked at, I mentioned mentioned Vince Carter, uh, you know, some veterans that I like, Jared Dudley, uh, you know, just a really solid player. He can play multiple positions, not afraid to, uh, perfectly willing to, good leader in the locker room. That would be a guy that I'd really like to, to, to see bring in. Uh, I mentioned Courtney Lee. He's a free agent. I think he would be a really good option for this Magic team. Guy who can defend, shoot threes, has been on a winning team, is comfortable in Orlando, uh, can, can be a little bit of a leader but not take too much of a lead away from some of the young guys that want the ball. That's both a good thing and a bad thing for sure. Uh, the Magic needs someone that's going to attack and be able to, to, to create for himself, and Courtney Lee's not that player. He proved that. Uh, in New Jersey, and I know he's grown, he's grown up a lot since then, but his ideal role is the role the Magic had for him in the 2009 playoffs, and that's the role he played for Charlotte last year and was very, very successful in that role. Uh, so if the Magic can somehow duplicate that, uh, he'd, be, he'd be a really good addition to me. Uh, I'm a big fan of Gerald Henderson. Uh, I, he's not a guy that stirs the drink, but he has that positional versatility that I really like. He can play two or three, good, decent defender, a good enough shooter, not a great shooter, you're not going to rely on him to create offense for you. Uh, so there are limitations with him. You know, maybe he's more of a bench guy nowadays, but uh, I, I think like a guy like Gerald Henderson um, is, is a guy that, that fits uh, for what the team is for what this team is, is trying to do in, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, looking at some of the other options at, at shooting garden, and there's not a lot. Uh, Kent Bazemore is another kind of guy like that, good 3 and D guy, had a good season in Atlanta, uh, can shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, you know, just, just he, does a lot, he does a lot of things well, but again, just not the guy that stirs the drink. And so maybe the one guy, and I've been asked about this guy a lot, the one guy that might do that is Lance Stevenson of the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm admittedly not a Lance Stevenson fan. I didn't like him in Indiana. Um, he, when he was playing well, he was playing really well, but we, we saw how quickly that imploded. And while certainly he has a relationship with Frank Vogel and his best years came with Frank Vogel, I think there's also a concern that he's played for three teams now in two years. And I don't think that's a coincidence. It's not a coincidence the Pacers didn't re-sign him after that big, after that big year. Uh, it's not, these, these things are not coincidences that he's had these struggles. Now you give him a ball, you let him do his thing. He can certainly produce. So I, I wouldn't start him if, if I wouldn't start him at all. I, I'd still, I mean, we talked, I talked about Jamal Crawford and how much I'm not a huge fan of his. Um, I'm, I'm more of a fan of Jamal Crawford than I am of Lance Stevenson. Uh, I think Crawford will fit into a, into a team mentality. Um, I think he'll, he'll do what you ask him to do and, and fill that six man role a lot better. Uh, than a Stevenson would, and not push for more. Like he's happy in that role. That's that's his niche. Uh, so you know, I, I I say stay far away from Lance Stevenson. I, I don't think he's at the level the Magic need. Doesn't fill any needs the Magic want. They need shooting, and he's not a good shooter. Uh, so 
that's a guy I stay away, away from. Another guy that, that's interesting that I've heard some people suggest to me uh, that, that I kind of like but I'm hesitant about, it might depend on price, is Eric Gordon. Um, Gordon is a fantastic shooter, can create for himself a little bit. The only problem is he's been injured almost his entire career. He's had some, some, fo- some form of injury throughout his entire career, uh, and it, it never seems to go away with him. And, and he does need to change his scenery. He does need a, maybe a different, a different vibe around him. Um, and has it has a big potential to be a a good player and to be a really contributory player, even if he's not the guy on the team. Uh, but the injury history really concerns me. I, I'd really make sure that that his history is good there. Uh, and pl- bringing him in would mean you're starting Evan Fournier at the three, in my opinion, uh, or you're bringing Gordon off the bench. Um, but some interesting guys in this group of shooting guards for sure. Uh, but. Not a lot of great options. There is no perfect fit. Whereas, you know, with the small forward group, there were some guys that I thought filled a lot of needs that the Magic have for that position. Uh, but you're expecting them to take a step up or you have some questions about them. Like a Harrison Barnes and Chandler Parsons, you have questions about how perfectly they fit those roles and how much you're willing to pay. There aren't as many max guys here, so you're not taking as big of a financial risk. Uh, but there's less guys that kind of accomplish what you need to accomplish uh, with this group unless you're willing to bring them off the bench. And so maybe that's the thought process with this Jamal Crawford rumor that's, that's popped up. Um, who knows? Uh, so that's my review of the shooting guards. I skipped over Bradley Beal, uh, another, another guy similar to, to Eric Gordon. I, I expect the Wizards to, to pay, the, pay whatever max he's going to get and keep him in Washington. So uh, I'm not, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. Um, there are a few other names that, that intrigue me. Alan Crabb from Portland would be a really, really intriguing name. He's a restricted free agent from Portland as well. Uh, so uh, the main thing I think the Magic need from this shooting guard group is, is, is shooting, uh, some positional versatility and defense. And there are a few players that fit that bill, but you know maybe not, uh, maybe not perfectly the way that we would want. Uh, so I'm going to move on now to the mini mailbag, and I think a lot of these themes play into each other here uh, with the shooting guard position. You know, the Magic, the shooting guard and the small forward position, I think, are the two biggest needs the Magic have. they got to get a wing player that can create for himself a little bit and, and shoot and, and fit into the defensive scheme. Ibaka's going to clean up a lot of defensive mistakes now, so maybe they don't need a perfect defensive fit. But the question then becomes, how do the Magic fill these needs, accomplish all these things they're trying to accomplish, uh, and still make the playoffs? Can they, can they do all of that? Can they, can they do all of that? Really, can they, can, they, can they get these free agents to come here, these big free agents to come here that, that everyone's competing over? And that's the real question of this offseason and the risk the Magic took in trading away Tobias Harris in the summer. And, and we're going to probably be revisiting and rehashing this Tobias Harris trade for the next three months until the season starts. Um, that trade was predicated on hitting on this free agency. Uh, the Victor Oladipo trade that was a... Was part and parcel of that Tobias Harris trade. Essentially, you know, you look at the Magic; they traded Tobias Harris and Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka and cap room. So they take they took a little bit of a risk on Ibaka. They they still have flexibility there, and Ibaka is a good player. So uh, okay, you can live with that. What are you going to get now with that with this cap room you've created? And I've been a pessimist about it, and there certainly are other pessimists out there too. At flying underscore night asks in our Magic mailbag in our Magic Mini mailbag, should the team tank for the next draft? Seems impossible to get a legit superstar 
any other way. This team is not tanking. It's pretty clear. The, uh, the management, the ownership, has been out of the playoffs now for four years. It's tied for the longest playoff drought in, team, in franchise history. This is a franchise that's entering its 28th year of, of play, um, which is pretty, pretty incredible, actually, if, if, you, if you think about it. Um, they're not going to purposely lose. They're, they're done with that. They've, they've built up some assets. They cashed some of them in. They're pushing their chips on the table and trying to win now. So every move they make, there's going to be some long-term thinking behind it. They're not going to try and they're not going to handcuff themselves free agency-wise, but they're trying to win. So the next big question comes from at Brandon, multiple, multiple A's, multiple D's, and multiple N's at the end. Uh, he asks, what do the Magic have to do in order for them to have a successful offseason? Trade who for what or sign who? Not, not KD. To me, a successful offseason looks like this. The Magic maintain their flexibility, but still find a way to improve. As I, as I said uh, during the free agency focus, I'm not a huge fan of Jamal Crawford. I, I don't, there are parts of his game that I don't like, and certainly the age scares me off. But... If you sign him to a two-year deal that's reasonable that's reasonably priced, or if you sign him to a one-year deal with, with, a, with an option or whatever, it's reasonably priced. That would be a good signing. And I would be in favor of that. Because Jamal Crawford does give this team something that they don't otherwise have. They need a guy that can create offense for himself. And Jamal Crawford can do that. He can pull up and hit a three, he keeps the defense on their toes. He's, uh, he's unpredictable in a lot of ways. And so, to, to the Magic just need to kind of fill these needs that they have and, and improve. They can't take a step back here. They can't go from 35 wins back to 30 wins. They do that, get ready for a house cleaning. If they go from 35 to 38 wins, things get a little more dicey. Certainly, the, the rebuild gets, put, uh, gets, uh, gets questioned a lot more. They've got to find a way to get to 41 wins. I don't think they necessarily have to make the playoffs, but they've got to get to 500 this year. The pressure's on them to become a winning team now. And so they can't, they can, they can do that. They can definitely do that through internal improvement and some free agent signings, but they can't do that and mortgage the future. They can't do that and put a ceiling on their wins at 45, 46 wins, where they're just going to the first round and we all know they're not going any farther for the next five years because, you know, they signed. That, that, that guy for forever. So I think what they got to do is they've got to try and create an environment where their young guys still have room to grow. Serge Ibaka has, has room to assert himself and see if he can become a star, see if he can do more than what he did in Oklahoma City uh, and, and earn a max contract from the Magic next summer, which, which I think is essentially what they're telling him is if you know, we're going to feature you in our offense, you're going to get 15, 16, 17, 18 shots per game. And we want to see if you can be a max player. And if you do that, you will get a ma- you will get a max contract from us next summer. That's 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 the goal of, of Ibaka's season, essentially. And so the Magic need to make moves that 
make the team better, that, that support this infrastructure that they have. They don't necessarily need to go out and get an all-star. Now, if they can, they absolutely should because that guarantees that they'll get better. But they can't do moves that hamstring them, that, that, that keep them from getting better next year, from improving the team again next year, from being able to trade if things don't work. Being a general manager is very much like a game of poker. You've got, you've got the cards in your hand. You know what they are. And you're trying to read everybody else. And so when you turn in your cards or you, you know, make a bet, you're trying to outfox everyone else. But the important thing, the most important rule in poker is always have an out. And what I think Rob Hennigan's done well is he's always had an out. He's always had a way to adjust quickly, to have some flexibility and win an opportunity to rise to strike. That opportunity has not come. Maybe it came with the Serge Ibaka deal. The one thing they can't do is rush into decisions just to say, we need to make the playoffs. They need to, they need to find a way to improve the team. Absolutely. They cannot take a step, back, step backward. But they, need, but they also need to keep the flexibility to do something special next year, to be able to trade a player for for something that makes them better, to be able to package assets together for something that makes them better. I mean, that was, frankly, the brilliance of the Tobias Harris contract. A lot of us weren't necessarily sold completely on Tobias Harris, but somehow Rob Hennigan created a contract that was friendly, friendly to a team within a year, a year, a full year before I thought they were going to deal him because I didn't think he was going to finish that contract in Orlando. They were able to trade that deal pretty quickly. Now, what did they get for it? That's certainly up for debate, and, and that deal, frankly, is looking worse and worse by the day with how wide open this free agency is. If, if Jamal Crawford's the best that they're going to do in free agency, there are still some major holes on this roster that they've got to fill. And at that point, you start asking yourself, well, we, we got that, at that point, you start getting desperate, and that's when mistakes are made. Everything's got to be calculated. Everything's got to have an out. And in order to have a successful offseason, to me, the Magic have to find fill their, fill their holes with quality players that can provide depth when they find better replacements or can be, traded, can be traded or moved fairly quickly and fairly easily so that you're not stuck with a really bad mistake. And that doesn't sound super optimistic, and I know Magic fans are getting a little tired and they want to, to move on and, and start getting into the playoffs here. But I think that's just the reality of the situation. It's not a good situation, to be frank. There's a lot of holes to fill still, and there would have been a lot of holes to fill even without the Victor Oladipo trade. There are a lot of holes to fill, and the way forward seems murkier than ever. That's going to change, though, in the next week. <laughs> Unbelievably. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Locked On Magic podcast. Uh, you can listen to the bonus episode that I posted Earlier today, my appearance on Tuck and O'Neill on Sports Talk Florida, 1080 AM in Orlando. Uh, thanks to Tuck and O'Neill for having me on, and thanks to Eric Lopez for sending me the audio so I could share with, with everybody so you all can listen to, to my thoughts on, on the Magic's trade and, and the Magic summer so far. Uh, you can download that, of course, on the Locked On Magic podcast iTunes feed. I believe it's set up again. So go to iTunes, search Locked On Magic podcast. If you d- uh, downloaded the original Orlando Magic Daily podcast, iTunes feed, 
It should have updated automatically. You should be getting these episodes on your listening device. If none of that with iTunes works, go to audioboom.com, search Locked On Magic Podcast, click on the iTunes link over on the left side. Uh, that should take care of you right there. And everyone can be happy because they'll get the Locked On Magic Podcast every single day delivered to them whenever I record it. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for your patience today. First technical hiccup of the podcast. Uh, I'll come back tomorrow, talk a little bit more about some Jamal Crawford rumors, uh, another free agency focus, and uh, a look at who uh, to watch in Summer League. Uh, until I talk to you tomorrow, guys, have, have a great evening, and I'll see you next time here on the Locked On Magic Podcast. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.